0: Paradise by Encyclopeika Chapter 4. Redact Achako hates the night. The darkness, coupled with the day's exhaustion, brings out a weakness in her she can't fathom when the sun rises. She's eager to get back into the water at daybreak, hunting for clams, and leaving Izuku on the beach to prepare the fire and tropical fruits for them both to eat for breakfast. The unicorn fish comes to join her this morning as she forages, and she pays him no mind as he browses the coral for algae and parasites. It's clear he no longer sees her as a threat after she'd let him go yesterday. Watching him browse gives her a sense of belonging, even if it's twisted within her feelings of mourning for her lost podmates and the ever encroaching panic that she may be left here alone, without a Zuku, someday soon. The water floods her ears as she turns upside down to lazily inspect the sand. The scarcity of any sound, beside the fish's scraping of the coral and the waves overhead, makes it too easy to remember how torn her heart felt last night. She wants the best for Izuku. The island is still a dangerous place for him. Smaller storms had come and gone over the last few months, but what of another cyclone? What of the dangerous mysteries in the island's jungle? That unknown scared her even more. He could walk into the deep green forest and simply never make it back out. It would be best for him to return home at some point, even as her selfish heart hopes that day never comes. She doesn't voice these feelings to Izuku during breakfast or thereafter. How could she? All these feelings do is spoil the bliss, and she's sick of it. At some point, after days mulling over the future, Achako decides to forget it, casting those thoughts to the wind where they ought to stay. Why let the future ruin the present? Is it not enough to enjoy the here and now? If she is going to analyse anything, why not analyse the waves of fate woven between them? How is it that they could be brought together by waves of lightning and rough seas to the very same no-name volcanic peak in the middle of an endless ocean? Were they meant to meet? She lets those feelings bubble to the surface every time his eyes light up at each new fish he discovers in the same net day after day. Ochako thinks this could be paradise as long as she doesn't let the what-ifs creep into it. When an early morning rainstorm moves in on one of those blissful days, she drags him outside the hut to stand in it instead of fiddling with a hopeless fire. I'll get drenched, he bemoans, holding a hand over his head. She smirks at him with a roll of her eyes. Untying the sleeves from the shirt wrapped around her bosom, she pulls it up and throws it at his face. A roll of thunder passes far off in the distance as she sits at the shore, back to him, allowing the chilly fresh water to shower her gently. It isn't a hard rain, and a tracker can feel it already looking to move on from their island. A stronger storm may follow later, but the tropical unpredictability is something only Izuku needed to get used to. She looks over her shoulder at him. He's standing frozen, unsure of himself as he holds the discarded shirt over his head. It isn't doing a good job of keeping him dry. His arms, chest and legs are already wet from the storm spray. She shrugs the one shoulder she's looking over, like a silent invitation to join her. Bad weather beckons good company, and there's a pleading shine in her eye. He seems to forfeit whatever argument he has prepared, and strolls up alongside her, plopping down onto the sand. The white shirt is relegated to the space between them. He doesn't ask her to put it back on. It feels like an eternity since the first time he'd sat with her here in the surf. Back then, a blushing, mumbling mess. Now, a calm source of familiar company. The contrast is stark and the memory tickles her amusement. They stare out to the sea, the surface disturbed by thousands upon thousands of tiny ripples from the rain. The wind is calm though, allowing the rain to fall in straight lines, washing away the grime, salt and sand upon their skin. Ochako watches him from the corner of her eye as he opens his mouth to catch a drink. She follows a few drops as they inch across his dotted, sun-kissed skin. The familiar rush wells up into her chest, and she sighs to appease it, choosing to let it overwhelm her rather than quash it. A green iris appears in the corner of his eye as he closes his mouth, and Ochako darts her own vision back out to sea before he can catch her ogling. She busies herself with the white shirt, picking it up and shaking the sand out of it. He hums, unaware. It's a familiar sound of his thinking, and she turns back to face him fully, catching him doing just that. His hand is to his chin, and he murmurs,
1: A rain like this is probably going to fill up a few of the streams coming down from the mountain. I bet there'll be a few waterfalls.
2: Isn't this
0: water...fall? Ochako tries. Izuku chuckles.
1: (laughs) Well, yeah, it is. But uh, when we say waterfall, we usually mean,
0: um... He's searching hard for the definition. She can tell he can see whatever it is he's trying to describe in his mind's eye, but he's unable to really set it apart from the rain for her. You know what? Why don't I show you? Achaka cocks her head in confusion.
2: Show me what? I've seen the whole shore, and I can't come into the forest with you.
0: I doubt you've seen this. Izuku says, and explains this particular island feature only appears after a good rain. It'll be a bit of a hike, er, swim for you, to
1: get there. We'll pack provisions. It'll be like a real expedition. We'll be
0: like real explorers. What? The mermaid stares for a bit before Izuku explains, in so many words, and stutters what he means. They are to travel, after breakfast of course, to the western side of the island. It's a place that Achako had deemed less than ideal when she had landed here so many moons ago. She remembers it's rocky and very deep there, as if the island plunges straight down into an abyssal hole from the clifftop. The water is cool there, receiving upwelling from the dark depths. It is like the inverse of Ochako's favourite lagoon here on the south side of the island. The shallow seagrass meadow is traded for a bottomless pit. Now that Ochako thinks about it, she agrees that she needs to see this waterfall for herself. And besides, what else were we thinking of doing today? Izuku asks, lifting a hand to catch more of the rain. They probably would have spent the day lounging inside the hut before begrudgingly emerging to fish with the net out by the lagoon. Although Ochako would have loved to spend the day doing exactly that, An adventure also seems tantalizing. They get to work packing for the journey. Salted fish, fruit, his notebook, dried sticks for fire starting, and coconut jars Izuku had fashioned to catch the rain all fit snugly in his backpack, made of woven palm straw. And then they are off. Izuku explains the journey will take the rest of the day, but if they don't stop, they could probably make it by nightfall. He seems so excited to get going, but Ochako gently reminds him there will be no hut to greet them when they arrive. Izuku smirks.
1: You're right, but just wait and see.
0: The sandy shore and its barrier reef steadily fall away as they travel west. Underwater, Ochako can tell with every dive that the corals are receding further and further out to the neighbouring islands of the archipelago until she can no longer see their rainbow of colours through the blue mist of the seawater. Pearly white sands become more encrusted with rock until the seafloor is simply a pile of boulders covered in algae. They pass her old sea cave and continue on. Above the surface, she sees Izuku traversing the rougher landscape. He's picked up a tall walking stick and now uses it to climb over the rocks and scale the cliffside. The sand has now given way to harder rock, much more durable against the erosion of rain, wind, and waves. The palm tree groves give way to ferns, tropical pines, and kava. It would seem the west side is almost like a completely different island from the southern edge. Izuku! Achaka giggles every time she must call out to Izuku high up on the cliffs, as he stops to marvel at the changing habitat. The sky remains cloudy throughout their journey, but Achaka doesn't allow it purchase to her mood. She watches as Izuku finds his way through the brush, disturbing birds just as colourful as the fish below the water's surface from their nests. His face lights up with wonder as he watches them fly away, and Achaka declares it a good replacement for the sun. Again, she calls to him. Izuku! At some point, many hours into their journey, as the sun begins to set, the sound of a mysterious wind enters her ears. The rain has since stopped and the trees aren't swaying so much, so she's confused as to where the sound is coming from. Izuku dislodges her from her thinking as he calls out to her from atop the cliff.
1: Ochako, over here.
0: He's so high up and the wind is so loud that she can't make out what he's saying precisely, but with points and shouts, she's able to discern he wants her to continue on round the bend of the shore without him. She can see the path ahead of him is treacherous, should he keep walking along the edge, and his pointing into the forest behind him tells her he'll find his own way through. Ochako leaps from the water as an acceptance to this plan and they part ways. She trusts Izuku to be careful, but she can't help but hold out some concern for him. It's true they aren't together for every minute of every day, but the parting hits her squarely in the chest enough to prevent her from diving. She has no idea what sort of animals live in the forest. If the forest community is anything like the coral reef then she has reason to worry, even if Izuku has told her many times that the forests are empty in comparison to her watery world. Still, she isn't convinced. She swims at the surface so she can keep her eyes on the cliff for a glimpse of him. All she can see is the brown and grey rock face topped with greenery flowing in the current of the trade winds. He is gone without a trace, but soon her attention is captured by something else. As she rounds the corner, she realises that what she thought was the sound of the wind passing through the brush is actually what she finally understands is a waterfall. Cutting through a groove in the rounded bay cliff, fresh rainwater from the mountain hurdles over the side to crash into the calm ocean below. She dives to approach this rare spectacle. It's incredible how loud it is. Even under the water, the force of the waterfall fills the space with a constant churn as the waters meet. She also can't see the seafloor here. The sunlight may have been able to penetrate the dark waters to the bottom in the daytime, but now the sun is setting behind the clouds, giving just enough yellow light to illuminate the dark forest overhead as she surfaces. But where is Azuku? Achako searches the edge of the cliffs for him. She backs up to get a better view, but when she doesn't see him still, she approaches further into the tiny protected bay. He still hasn't emerged when she reaches a spot just feet from the cascading waterfall, and panic sets in. That is, until he emerges from behind the waterfall, and Ochako trades her panic for confusion.
1: Amazing, huh?
0: He asks in a raised voice, marvelling at the sight from the top of a particularly flat rock just beside the crashing water. Ochako floats, confused, and Izuku giggles. The mermaid doesn't like that, her cheeks puffing angrily like a blowfish as her brows furrow. She was really worried about him, and all he can do is laugh? Izuku steps to the side and holds out a hand to present the next marvel of the landscape, a sea cave directly behind the loud water curtain. Izuku explains,
1: It's a cave I fell into a few months ago when I was looking for fresh water.
0: Achaka grimaces, and his answer is a bashful scratch to the back of his head. Uh, anyway... Izuku continues.
1: The cave system extends further up into the forest floor above, so it's relatively drier further in. I left the provisions inside.
2: Is
0: that so? Achako asks, cutting him off. Izuku falters and clears his throat. (laughs) Yes, I... He isn't allowed to finish. Achako takes him by the vest collar and drags him into the water as a crocodile might drag in its prey. Izuku is caught off balance, slipping on the rock, and falling forwards before he collapses into the water with a large splash. He comes up for air not a second later with an amused smirk on his lips.
1: Hey, what was that for? My clothes are soaked.
0: He complains as he swims out further from the rocks. She doesn't answer him, but in her mind, it was for making her worry. He paddles towards her slowly, and she effortlessly stays just out of his reach with every stroke of her tail. I will catch you. He promises with a playful grin, but Ochako laughs.
2: Maybe someday.
0: Taking it as a challenge, Izuku dives underwater. He's just a bit faster than he was before. Synchronized strokes and kicks allow him to catch up to her in painfully slow pursuit. Just before he can reach her, Achako dives backwards and sinks down into the depths. Izuku takes a breath from the surface and then follows her down as deeply as he can go, which isn't much more than a few feet from the rippling ceiling above. Achako is limber and graceful in the water, fluttering her tail fin just outside his periphery as he twists and turns to keep up with her. It's as if the water treats them each differently, allowing her to glide noiselessly through as its viscosity seems to thicken around Izuku. She's below him, and then she's above him and behind him, and all he can do is chase the trailing edges of her tail as she teases him. It's a silent dance that doesn't last for long. He's soon rising to the surface for another breath, and Achako waits. It's clear he's waiting for her to surface as well, and when she doesn't, he ducks his head underwater to find her. She knows his underwater vision is nothing like hers, but he can probably still make out the way the pink scales on her tail catch the afternoon sun's last rays in small pastel rainbows. His eyes pierce her heart, and although she can't breathe underwater, she's breathless anyway. He's so patient and kind. If she were to have met him under any other circumstance, she would have never given him the chance to prove just how amiable humans could be. She would have never let him see her. But now? God, she wants him to see her. The feeling manifests and dives as deeply as any trench she'd ever seen. It's bottomless, endless. It's a happiness woven into a sort of uncertainty, an excitement and a longing for him to remain near. It's something that shouldn't be possible, and yet, here it is. Achako doesn't let herself dismiss it. It's been a part of all this bliss, and she finally allows herself to simply become one with it. There's no one around to say she can't, or remind her she shouldn't. Ochako rises to the surface, feeling the heat in her cheeks that shares her realization with the world. Izuku doesn't seem to notice as he tries to remain afloat at the surface. He just smiles warmly as she bumps her forehead to his. She knows that he has no idea what that means, even as he chuckles, probably thinking it's part of their game. For Ochako, it's a confession of her love for him. When night finally falls, they agree spending the night in the waterfall's secret cave is the best idea. At the foot of the waterfall, where Azuku and Ochaka both hoist themselves over the rocks and into the dark cave, the salt-loving algae, growing in long green strings, is there waiting for them. Both travellers grimace as they muck through it deeper into the drier part of the cave. It's dark inside, but the tiny orange glow from a dying fire in the distance keeps them on course. Izuku explains he'd set it up before greeting Ochako outside.
2: So you knew you were going swimming,
0: Ochako says with a knowing smirk. It was just a feeling, he shrugs as he picks up a few sticks and throws them into the dimming flames. A cool breeze sweeps through the cavern entrance just to Izuku's left and it swirls within the fire, giving it some new life. Sparks dance from where Izuku prods it, its crackling met with the far-off roar of the waterfall behind them. Ochako can hear water drips echoing across the rock walls, but it's very dry here. Dry soil and sand have collected in what looks like a large natural dish carved from the stone, and it's in the middle of this dish Izuku has set up camp. Ochako rests her tired arms by laying in this soft sand bath worn by the campfire. Well, would you like to have your shirt dried? Izuku asks bashfully. He's already taken off his soaked vest and is crouching by the fire the yellow light brightening those green irises under his soft expression.
1: There's a pretty convenient tree branch just outside the cave to hang them.
0: Again, he's being thoughtful and responsible. Although, the way he mutters about her level of comfort and backtracks from his own assumptions and somehow gets into the science of evaporation is what makes her smile wider. She's come to love this part of him, too. Achako then blurts out a... Yes! After she realizes she's been staring and letting him mutter for too long. Untying the knot in the sleeves loosens the garment, and it falls behind her. She scrambles to collect it and hand it to Izuku, as he tries to avert his eyes best he can. Even though he's grown used to seeing her like this, he's remained steadfast to his own human customs. She can't imagine or want him any other way. He turns to leave, and Achako sinks into the sand on her belly, feeling the way the sand absorbs her rapid heartbeat. She watches him leave, admiring the way the fire reflects off his skin and the way his muscles have grown since he landed here. She darts her eyes away when he disappears from the entrance. As much as she enjoyed these feelings before, her better judgement comes in now to apply strict logic to the situation. It tells her she's being silly. They're too different for this to be entertained. And yet, upon his return, that wanting ache still remains. Izuku sits back down at the fire and studies her for a bit before asking, "Is." everything alright? Ochako swallows.
2: Yes. Yes, I'm fine.
0: He pauses before accepting her answer. He's much too kind to pry, Ochako reasons. In no time, Izuku has the fish they'd packed on skewers near the fire, and he's cutting up the tropical fruits as a side dish with his stone knife. He's careful to cut slowly, giving the fruit time to yield to his blade so its delicate flesh can be sliced without crushing it. It's mesmerizing to watch him do this, chasing all the thoughts from her mind. She's thankful for that, even as the silence looms between them. As the fish cook, he transfers some of the smouldering sticks to a spot behind him on the dish's rim, illuminating their little camp further with a brown-orange glow. Once he's completed that task, he guesses the fish are done and hands Ochako a skewer. They are done and they are delicious. She forgot how hungry she was, and she eats quickly without tasting much of anything. She can feel Izuku's eyes on her, but not exactly in the way she'd like. He's been checking on her throughout their quiet meal, and once he's done, he takes time to study her. The main fire is petering out again, leaving dark shadows cast upon his face. They don't need to see to feel the other's emotions from just a step away. She meets his worried expression with her own. Are you sure everything is okay? He prompts her carefully, his eyes never leaving her. Ochako bites her lip but nods with an affirming, Yes? But it isn't very convincing. She puts her finished skewer into the dying fire and turns onto her right side away from the flames to sleep. She hears Izuku stir, and within seconds, he's by her side, sitting between her and the rocky half-wall where the second fire still glows. The wood crackles and sparks fly before he can find his words.
1: you, you know, I do notice when you get sad.
0: Ochako darts her eyes up to him. He's explained what that word means before. Down. Pained. She didn't know she was being so obvious. He continues on, staring into the sand sadly himself, as if he's failed her terribly.
1: I always wish there was more I could do for you. You always seem so strong and independent that it's easy to forget you've been just as lost as
0: me, here. She swallows, and then opens her mouth for her more intimate thoughts to run out.
2: I... I... I don't feel lost... anymore.
0: Izuku chuckles.
1: Well... You look lost. You know you can tell me anything, right? We're so alike in so many ways, I... I just can't imagine that bottling up whatever is bothering you is any good for you.
2: It... it, it's not.
0: Achaka concedes.
2: But I'm not lost. I feel very found with you, and I'm worried that you'll go away one day soon, and I'll be all alone again. That's all.
0: Izuku shakes his head, but Ochako argues before he can speak, a touch of frantic worry in her voice.
2: There is another ship. Here in the area. Just like you said.
0: Even in the darkness, Ochako can see the puzzled look on his face. He questions how she could possibly know that in just that look.
2: I've seen the other ship.
0: She answers his questioning gaze.
2: It's the reason I'm here.
1: I thought you said you were cast away by a storm just
0: like I was.
2: Yes, but that's because we were chased out of the safer reefs by those humans.
0: There's a pause, and Ochaka can't look at Izuku. She knows she needs to be honest with him, and knowing that she hasn't been all this time makes it even more difficult. She hears him shift in his seat, and he winces as he takes responsibility. I... Ochaka can feel the regret, and she looks up to see it. His expression is pulled down by the weight of his frown, and she can see him worriedly swallow as he waits for her to explain. She sighs.
2: It's common knowledge in merfolk culture that humans are the most dangerous predators in the sea. There are so many stories of humans catching and killing merfolk, so we hide. We, my pod and I, just settled at an atoll to wait out the storm when we saw a ship on the horizon with the same idea. The leader of my pod, my father, had to make the decision on whether or not we stayed and he decided it would be best if we found another island. But it was a miscalculation. We were in deep water when the cyclone hit. The waves were so high. We all got separated. The next thing I knew, I was washed up here, all alone. I know that ship was different from yours. It must still be out there, unless...
0: Izuku doesn't seem to hear the last few sentences as he frantically questions. But, But there must
1: be more survivors. Surely someone is looking for you, right?
0: Ochako shrugs.
2: Maybe, but after all this time, I just don't believe that anymore. They would have been here already, I think.
0: Izuku hunches in his seat and murmurs. I, I'm,
1: I'm so sorry.
0: Ochako shakes her head. It wasn't his fault at all. She couldn't hold him responsible for what other humans did. Not after all these months he's made clear he'd never hurt her. There is a long silence that snakes through the air between them. It's heavy, and Ochako doesn't know how to get the light, blissful feelings from before back. She can't look at him again, but she feels his eyes on her all the same. It's almost like she can feel his thoughts come together for the next thing, he says.
1: You had no reason to help me. You shouldn't have helped me.
0: He starts. His sigh is heavy as he realizes the gravity of what she's done all this time.
1: Yet, even with everything you've been told, everything you've seen... You did. You helped me anyway. Why?
0: Achako blinks. Wasn't it obvious?
2: I didn't want to watch you die. Not if I could help it.
0: She swallows before speaking again, a large lump getting stuck in her throat as every feeling for him. Worry, love, fear, longing, crashes down onto her like a storm swell.
2: And now I... You've made living here doable and fun, and I really... Now I don't want you to leave, but but I know you should, and when that ship comes you should get on it and-
0: Now it's his turn to cut her off before she gets too entangled in her own words and frantic muttering. You
1: are the bravest person I've ever met, you know that? You're so wonderful, Ochako.
0: She looks up at him bashfully from her hands that have crawled up to cover her face. Her cheeks are glowing red, she knows it. She feels that heat, and she's thankful the darkness conceals them. Nevertheless, Izuku softens even more, his smile almost like jelly the way he seems to read her clearly now.
1: Can I show you something?
0: He interrupts the silence once more. He doesn't wait for her to answer as he leans to his left to retrieve his notebook. He takes the key still around his neck and opens it so the pages fall open. He flips immediately to the back cover and shows her the drawings he's doodled without her knowing. They're all of her. Some are accompanied by other reef-faring friends, like the unicorn fish and the gulls, but most are not. Most noticeably, not a single human word or arrow disturbs the space between each portrait. It's clear each one was made with just as much care as his scientific illustrations further inside the pages, but there's also a hint of something more in the strokes of charcoal. Izuku lays down next to her to point out where and when each drawing was made. Some are of her on the shore disentangling her hair after foraging them for the day. Others are from memory of watching her swim over the seagrass. Still, others are simply of her form in the surf. His fascination with her mystery is evident in the poses he's chosen to immortalize on the paper, and Achako finds it hard to breathe.
1: I always thought I would go when a ship came.
0: Izuku starts, almost regrettably, his voice wistful as he turns another page in the ever-dimming glow of the petering flames.
1: I... I started to draw you a lot, so I'd always remember the time we spent together here.
0: He turns another page. And now I... He shrugs, as if the words are trying desperately to stay inside his head this time.
1: I'm not really sure what to do. To be honest, and I know it might be strange, but I've... I've really fallen in love with you.
2: Love?
0: Ochako questions. She's never heard the word before. Did humans really have words for everything? Even emotions? She finds herself still quite breathless with the way he said it all the same and her heart hitches in her chest with the hint of the translation. Yeah. He murmurs as he sets his forehead to hers gently, eyes hooded as he focuses in on just her.
1: Same as this.
0: Achako lies speechless, eyes wide. Not because he knew what her gentle actions meant the whole time, but because his feelings are the same. The realization propagates a nervous shiver from her as their arms find their ways around the other's form. The actions are silent and shaky, the closeness and the connection so new and yet still so familiar. Ochako nuzzles closer, feeling his breath just beyond her face, the warmth of his skin against hers. Closing her eyes, she offers her lips, and he takes them gently in his own. The slow exploration of his hands up and down her spine are as rhythmic as the waves of emotion that threaten to drown her in this moment. She takes a deep breath before diving in for more of him. The campfires are now reduced to simmering coals, but the heat between Izuku and Ochako has only just flared, set to burn for the rest of the night. When the lovers awaken the next morning, they find themselves tangled in each other. Ochako's tail is wrapped around Izuku like a protective blanket, and his arms keep her hugged tight against his chest. They are a little startled to find themselves this way but quickly relax into giggles and a shakily awkward kiss that feels, at once, wonderful and new, now that they can see each other in the gentle light. Sunlight drapes in from the cavern opening and a light breeze follows. The sound of the waterfall at the other end is gone, having run its course through the night. There isn't much to pack for the journey back to base on the south shore after breakfast. Only Izuku's coconut jars full of fresh rainwater will need to be carefully placed into the palm straw backpack. Once that is completed, Izuku fetches their now-dry clothes from the tree branch outside. Ochako wraps the white shirt around her and makes her way towards the opposite cabin opening for the swim home. It's not so secret now that the waterfall has ceased. Izuku insists on walking with her, and though she resists at first, his gentle, enamored smile breaks her down. I'm just walking into the edge, Izuku explains. He then gets much more serious in almost a comical way.
1: And no pulling me into the water this time. I have to walk back over the cliffs.
0: Achako giggles and promises she would never do such a thing. When they reach the cavern opening to the bay, though, both human and mermaid freeze. Just beyond the bay jetties bobs a ship in the distance. A dark wooden hull and bright white sails upon three tall masts is easy to spot on the wide horizon just beyond the wave breaks off the reef. A line is down over the side and two rowboats filled with wooden crates, one floating towards the ship and one heading in towards the island are spotted. Both Ochako and Izuku immediately jump to cover. Ochako is crouched down behind the cavern entrance rocks with the algae and Izuku is against the left side wall. Ochako is fearful and breathy as she asks,
2: why are they here?
0: Hmm. They're probably just here to collect provisions, Izuku says in a whisper as he watches the rowboats go about their duties. Ochako blinks and then rises up from the floor with some confusion on her face as she calms down enough to think straight. It's just her luck that after mentioning the other ship, it somehow finds a way back into her life. Even after last night's conversation, she turns to Izuku with a quirked eyebrow. She was still expecting him to be excited to see other humans and a way off this desolate island. However, all she sees now is all of the indecision he spoke of last night. He hadn't been lying. He's torn and it's obvious on his face as he continues to watch the other humans gathering supplies. Even still, she has to snap him out of it. This was his ticket out of here.
1: Where are you hiding?
0: I just. He's a little lost for words. He blinks at her absent mindedly and then turns back to the ship and then back at her.
2: You can go! You can go home!
0: She reminds him, trying desperately to sound happy for him. His brows become knitted. What about you? The question hurts, but she doesn't let it show.
2: I'll be fine!
0: He still looks unsure when he gazes back out to the ship in their waters. And even less resolute than she would have liked when he turns back towards their camp. It's as if his mind is made up for him and he isn't sure it's what he really wants. It's certainly not what Ochako wants. But she follows him anyway, putting on her biggest smile and crushing her feelings down under the weight of logic in this moment. She can't be selfish. He'd be safer back home where he belongs. It tears her heart apart to watch him drop to his knees to collect only his notebook, and she decides to focus in on that. His dreams.
2: Just think, now you can tell all your teachers what you found. You can make your big discovery.
0: She proclaims, and keeps talking so as not to let the dread seep in. He needs her to be strong.
2: Your drawings will be in textbooks, right?
0: Izuku pauses, staring at her for a beat. It's as if he isn't really hearing her parrot off all the things that once made him excited beyond comprehension. Suddenly, he seems to then come to some conclusion on his own, before tearing open his notebook and furiously turning the pages until he's at her entry. He takes the bunch of papers where he's documented her and swiftly rips them out of the book. Ochako gasps as he does this, but it doesn't stop him from doing the same of the pages of his illustrations at the back of the book as well. As he goes to hand them to her, Ochako shakes her head, puzzled and shocked.
2: Why? What about the discovery of a lifetime?
1: My discovery isn't worth putting you in danger, Izuku explains. All this time I never put two and two together while you hid from me all that time. And knowing now that you were scared, well, you have every right to be
0: scared of humans. We can't even treat each other well. He shakes his head, as if forbidding himself to stutter and mutter now. Izuku goes on with such fervor that Ochako finds herself just as caught up in what he's done and what he says next.
1: And yet, you still saved me. You took a leap of faith and sacrificed your peace of mind, for all you knew your life as well, to save me. And for that, I'm so grateful.
0: I'm alive because of you. He holds up the torn pieces of paper to her. Ochako takes the paper slowly, her brain unable to process this dramatic sacrifice. She swallows, unable to speak as he leans into her, resting his forehead to hers.
1: Thank you for always saving me.
0: He plants a deep kiss to her forehead.
1: Now, it's my turn to save you. You can't hide if they know you're here.
0: Rising to his feet, notebook in hand, he seems unsteady, as if the weight of the moment threatens to make his knees buckle. He'd drawn her so many times in an effort to remember her upon his leave that it only adds to the dejected way he walks away from his muse. Ochako tries very hard not to clench her fist so as not to wrinkle what will be the only remnants of him left on the island once everything else washes away in the next storm.
1: Goodbye, Ochako
0: he says sadly. He gives her a smile, and Ochako feels as if she's choking on the grief that's already climbed into her throat. Goodbye, she answers in a raspy breath. He runs up the rocky slope out of the cave and disappears behind the cavern wall. Ochako stops herself from calling out to him, her selfish heart yearning for just one more kiss, one last glimpse of him before he departs. But no. She refuses to make this any harder on the two of them, and so waits in the sand for the moment to pass. Her eyes dart around the cave, the salt in her tears burning her eyes as they spill over. She swallows the whimper that follows and sinks down into the sand. She can tell herself a thousand and one times he won't return, and yet she still lingers by the fire's grave in the sand anyway. Every time the realisation that she will never see him again enters her brain, she takes a deep breath as the panic spikes her heart into a rapid frenzy. She curls into herself as loneliness's toxic hold grasps at her from the inside. It's excruciating, and yet has no decency to kill her or pass quickly like other oceanic toxins. She's made to endure it as she tells herself that somehow, this is all for the best. It's hard to believe it when she's holding her breath in a pained effort to let the tides of sorrow wash over her, and then ebb for another go. But it's all for the best. Right? When evening comes, the sun's rays bathe the world in a warm blanket of yellow light. As the star sinks into the Pacific Ocean, it appears perfectly framed by the bay's walls. Ochako is lying listless at the cabin's sea entrance, watching the sky fall deeper and darker here at the end. The realisation that she's eaten nothing all day enters her mind and then is shown the door. She doesn't care. She can't imagine being hungry. She hasn't the strength to move much, anyway. She's managed to drag herself to this spot and make a dry patch among the algae strings with every intention of separating her aching heart from its love. That was enough effort for one day. The humans of the ship anchored just offshore have ceased their rowing back and forth from her island, and Ochako watches them lazily. they have taken so much from her already, she can't wait for them to just leave. At that thought, she sees the anchor rise from the water and disappear into the hull of the ship. Wind fills its sails and off it goes, straight into the darkening blue. Ochaka would love to hold out hope that maybe, one day, Izuku could find his way back to her. But she doesn't do that to herself. She never wants to see another damn ship again. She knows she's being childish, but who is around to judge her? All that's left are the birds and fish and cone snails, and she's fine with that. She can learn to assimilate completely at this island, With enough pets, she may be able to close what feels like a gaping hole in her chest. So deep in self-pity and sorrow, Ochako doesn't hear the footsteps behind her. She's convinced it's a trick of the wind and stays at the edge of the cavern, arms folded under her head, eyes focused on the horizon. But the wind can't sound like an apologetic sigh, can it? She turns around lazily just to be sure and sees Izuku standing there. His shoulders are slumped and he's just a bit out of breath. Sweat has caused his hair and vest to stick to him, and it's clear he'd run back here at least part of the way. Ochako's eyes widen in disbelief, her head swivelling from his form out to the departing ship and back to him again. A relieved sigh escapes him quickly as if he's laughing at himself, and he approaches her slowly, bashfully scratching his scalp.
1: I... I got all the way to the beach they were landing on before asking myself... What the heck am I doing?
0: He lowers himself slowly, eventually coming to his knees beside the startled mermaid. His expression is soft and full of regret, and, as is Izuku fashion, he begins to ramble his explanation with red streaked under his freckles.
1: I-I felt that... I just didn't want to leave yet. maybe I won't. I-I really just... I don't know, and I... I'm not really ready to make that decision yet. I'm sure there will be other ships, but for the
0: time being... If you'll forgive me for leaving here all alone, I'd like... A chucker cuts him off with a deep kiss to his lips. He reciprocates, but tries to speak anyway, even as her mouth muffles him. She's grabbed him tightly around the neck and refuses to let go. Mm, chuckle. let me explain. He gets out, before she's shutting him up again. No! She answers quickly, before diving for more. She doesn't give a damn about the future, she doesn't want to hear of it. Come what may, paradise is right here right now.